It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what is shaking, everyone? We are getting ready for the Sharks to take on the Abs. Game two of a two-game road trip, and really, more to the point, it is eight out of the last nine have been on the road. Uh, the Sharks went 3-2-1 on the six-game road trip, came back, beat Winnipeg 2-1, had a letdown game, falling to Arizona 1-0, and now find themselves going into extremely hostile territory against Colorado, a Colorado team that they did earn a point against when they played previously this year. Game two of the season back on October 14th, Mackenzie Blackwood, I believe, made somewhere in the vicinity of 50 saves, and the Sharks were unable to hold on. A sixth attacker was brought on in the final 90 seconds, I believe, and then we did see Colorado tie it. Sent it to overtime, no result. Shootout went the way of the Avs, so the Sharks almost won game two of the year. Instead, it took till game 12 of the year when they got their first win of the season, and now they find themselves in Colorado this time and a much different and much better team. Some of the news that has come out of the San Jose Sharks morning skate today. Mackenzie Blackwood will get the start in today's game. Jared Studnika is going to play against the Avs. Nico Sturm is going to be reevaluated in a week's time. Logan Couture still skating. Uh, to get onto a number of Sharks related topics, we are now joined by a Stanley Cup winner and, of course, a part of the Sharks broadcast team on TV and the Sharks Audio Network, Brett Hedekin. Hedy, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Not bad there, Ted. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, just in Colorado here, getting ready for the game tonight. Yeah, should be a fun one, man. I uh, I go back to that second game of the year uh, where the Sharks uh, had a phenomenal performance from Mackenzie Blackwood and were not able to uh, eke out the win when all was said and done in that game. Um, but, you know, how much at this point of the season can the Sharks take away from what they did well in that game? I mean, I guess telling your goalie to be phenomenal is, is always a good start, but the Sharks are such a different team now than they were back on October 14th. Yeah, you think about the team that they were at the start of the season and, and some of the losses that they, they went through um, and kind of finding a way to come out of that kind of hole and pulling this team together. And, and, you know, yes, I thought the Seattle game was a setback, but I thought they had made a lot of strides getting to that Seattle game. And that was, I guess, uh, I guess just a few weeks back. And then they hit the road. And, and well, prior to that hitting the road, they had the three-game homestand, Ted, and it was a, a tough little homestand. They went 2-0-1. Uh, and that was what sent them out on the road trip, where they lost a tough game right out of the, out of the gates, and to Boston, they got shut out, but I thought they played very well in that first period, but kind of came out flat in the second and the third, and they just got beat. But I was really proud of that group and what they did from that point on. And and I think this team has found a way to come together. And, and you know, you look at the two guys that are really standing out for me is, is Tomas Hurdle. Mm -hmm. I think his leadership has taken another step forward. I, I really am 
proud of what he's done this year to kind of settle this team down and and lead by example by keeping guy his head up by having good body language by patting guys on the back and then the other guy for me right now playing the best I've maybe I've ever seen him play is Mikhail Granlund I, I just think that you know you've all of a sudden you've got a couple of guys down the middle that can really play half the game you know you got Hurdle and Granlund two guys that can get out there and settle things down and make a play. And I, I think those are the two guys for me that have really stood out other than, than Blackwood and, and even Capo Kakinen. These two guys have played terrific all season long. Yeah, they have been really fun to watch. Um, and it's weird when you look at their goalie numbers because they're so out of whack with the reality that we see. And just early on, there were so many defensive breakdowns and guys were, you know, just giving up, you know, grade A looks left and right. And there's not much as good as Capo and McKenzie have been able to be on certain nights. Um, there's only so much you can ask a goalie to do. Uh, when when you see a team make a turnaround like the Sharks have, Brett, and, you know, obviously the strength of schedule to start off, I think that was people like me and you saw it right out of the gates. I think other people maybe didn't view it the same way and said, well, you know, you got to be able to win. But it was like, okay, take on the best teams in the NHL right off the bat. And then Vancouver at that point was emerging as one of the best teams as well. Um, but how much did that obscure what we saw versus how much of an improvement they really have made since those first 11 games? Well, they've, they've made huge strides. And I think I, I got to give this coaching staff a lot of credit as well. I, I think they've done a nice job. Um, I think early in the year, the power play wasn't uh, doing what it should. I think the penalty kill at time has struggled clearly at the start of the year. And lately it's given up a few here and there, but I think they've played much better. Just haven't gotten the results. I mean, they went five for five a few nights back. And I think that was one of the ones that really was for me, it proved that they, the work that they've been putting in is starting to, to take effect. Now, you know, with guys like Logan Couture out all year, he's been a penalty killer his whole career pretty much. And a great one. And for him to be out, other guys have had to, to kind of fill that role. But getting back to the, the coaching staff and what they've done to kind of help the specialty teams and what David Quinn has done to kind of settle this group down, hold guys accountable. It's very hard as a head coach to, to walk this line of, you know, not winning games at the start of the year, but still trying to, to coach and, and coach players up and then also hold guys accountable that, that weren't pulling their weight. And I think he's had to walk a tightrope there. And I think he's done a you know marvelous job of of doing it and pulling guys out of the lineup when he, when he should and when he can because he can't do it every night. You just mm -hmm. you got to let guys kind of play out of it. And if they can't play out of it, and he gives them a warning, then he's got to sit them out because every other guy is seeing what's going on in that on that bench and who plays and who doesn't and who's pulling their weight. And I, I think David Quinn has done a masterful job. I was talking to Quinn last week uh, before they played Vegas. And, you know, he was talking about the emotional aspect of dealing with guys today. It's like we all want to talk about, you know, whether somebody's running a 2-1-2 or what their tactics are. That's always what gets talked about. But, you know, the emotional side of being a coach in the modern NHL, Hedy, I saw him at a practice, and I won't name the player, but there was a player who did a drill incorrectly. And Quinn, you know, calls the drill to a halt, puts up his hand, you know, says, hey, hey, you got to be doing this, you got to be doing this, called him out. Next time down, next couple times down, the player did it correctly. Quinn's right there on him, patting him on the back, smiling, being his biggest cheerleader. Like, that's one of those things that not everybody gets to see, but watching Quinn play that dynamic of, you know, being critical, but also being the guy's biggest fan. Yeah, and, you know, even I guess yesterday at practice, he blew the whistle and just didn't say anything for a minute, minute and a half, right? And he's like, look, I'm, I'm only 
want 15 minutes out of you guys. That's it. Let's execute, right? So he's he's constantly trying to get this team to raise its level in practice. He knows that practice is where confidence is born. And if you can't execute in practice, and how you how do you expect to go out into a game and try to then execute under pressure? Mm-hmm. So he has definitely had his way of raising the level of this group at practice, holding them accountable in practice. And then, like I said earlier, holding individuals accountable to, to make sure that the rest of the team knows that certain characteristics that you want to bring into a, a, a team are going to be unacceptable. And, uh, you know, I think there might be somebody that's could be sat out even again tonight here um, and, and sending a message. So this is going to be an interesting game tonight. Clearly Colorado is a good powerhouse. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how far the sharks have come. Uh, this will be a tough task. I think the fatigue set in last game, big time uh, in Arizona. And uh, I think coming off that six game road trip, you go home for the one game and then you're back out on the road for two. And I, I could see that the legs were not there in Arizona and neither was the brain. I mean, when you, some nights you can get, get away with the brain, your legs are there or your legs are, you know, are not there and your brain's turned on this night was, was neither one. So it was a tough night for the sharks. Yeah. Did you experience that in your career like that? I know that it's lazily labeled the the letdown game, and often people expect that on the first game back from a six-game road trip, but the Sharks played a, a pretty disciplined game against Winnipeg and beat a good team. And then it was, you know, just in Arizona, like you said, like they just they didn't have either going on, and they still kept it tight and didn't let Arizona play a, um, maybe the game they wanted to. Not that Arizona is a great team, but – you know, if you're on the road and you only give up one goal, it feels like a winnable game and the Sharks just couldn't take advantage. Although I'm sure you and I could have a longer discussion about the inconsistencies in goalie interference calls. Wow. That that one there, I'm still scratching my head at. Right. Really break it down. Uh, Ingram really reached out, flipped his stick over, reached out, hit Cunnan's leg. And what I don't think the, the NHL, or at least in my view, I thought they missed it because – the upper part of the shaft of the goaltender stick hit the upper part of Cunnan's leg that guided his right leg into the goaltender mm-hmm. and, he, and he engaged Cunnan. So this one was a real head scratcher. And I thought the Sharks should have been uh, awarded a goal there. They were not. And then they got the offside one, which was clearly offside. Anthony Duclair uh, not working hard enough to get himself back on side. And, and that was a tough one to, to see get called back just because of the effort wasn't there. Um, but overall, you know, yeah, as a player, you're going to have those nights. Um, you don't know when they're going to come. I, you can kind of predict them sometimes only because of travel and, you know, your body can only do so much. And I think coming off that six game East coast, you know, swing and working their way back through back at last game in Vegas, and then coming home, beating a good hockey team. I agree, Ted, I think that, uh, maybe one of the best first periods I've seen this play in a long time against Winnipeg the other night. And, for them to win a, a gritty game against Winnipeg two to one. Uh, but, you know, when you really look at the game in Arizona where they didn't have the legs or the brain turned on uh, only losing one, nothing earlier in the year, what do you think that score would have been? <laughs> if this team hadn't come very along? different. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it would have been a lot different team and a lot different score had it been the team we saw early in the year. Um, this team is, is losing better. Okay. And that's maybe proves it there, but I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, hoping they can find something here against Colorado. I guess I'm a little nervous just because of what we saw last game on, in the legs and the brain, but I mm-hmm. uh, hope we have it turned back on tonight.
Yeah, I mean, eight out of nine on the road is probably the bigger narrative than a, the six-game road trip that preceded the the one-game homestand before they went right back out on the road. But in that game against Colorado earlier this year, we we marveled at Mackenzie Blackwood having a phenomenal performance. But also in that game, a lot of the looks that Colorado was getting, they kept it to the outside. They were doing a, a pretty good job of trying to calm down that attack of Colorado. And Hedy, I mean... We've seen it for years now. Colorado, when they are rolling, the amount of speed and just the amount of chaos they can create, it's not chaos for them. It's chaos for the defense. It's a a dangerous, dangerous team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this team has made a lot of changes, I think, since last year. They've they've added some bodies in this lineup, and, you know, they still got the staples. You know, McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, Nuchushkin, Kale McCarr. I mean, for me, Kale McCarr is one of the most exciting players in the National Hockey League. Uh, it sounded like he didn't play the other last night uh, against Winnipeg. So I'll see what happens tonight with Kale McCarr. But when you got Kale McCarr and you've got uh, Nathan McKinnon up front and you've got, you know, good goaltending, um, you know, this is a team that could re- really be at the end of the year, you know, going for a, a conference final and potential, another potential cup. Mm-hmm. I I looked at them last year. And if you just look at the man injuries they had, I believe it was a franchise record for them. Um, not to take anything away from Vegas, but I do wonder, you know, if that team was healthy last year, wh- where they could have been. And that's 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 the NHL, right? I, this is another thing, Hetty, because you and I have talked about all the things you did later in your career to fight injury, to, you know, just make yourself a better player. Do you think enough guys in the NHL do that? You know, like if you could sit down with a lot of the guys who do, do maybe have injury consistencies, um, especially as they're starting to get north of 30, would, would I mean, would you sit down and be like, this is what I did, this is what you need to do? Because I think the hardest thing with anyone in any profession is saying, I know you've done this to get to this point of your career, and it's been wildly successful, and it's counterintuitive to say, now I need to do something different. Yeah, you know, it's hard because, you know, I, I would love to sit down with guys that I could see could really shift uh, the way they train just because of what I see on the ice and, and, you know, the strength that maybe they're lacking, uh, leg strength, mm-hmm. you know, the legs feed the wolf. And if the legs, you know, aren't, uh, strong enough to handle the rigors of 82 games, which, you know, early in my career, they weren't. And, you know, you, you keep doing the same training. I think where I got to Ted was I hit the wall and, and I knew that if I kept going down the same path, it was going to give me the same result. And so, for me, I had to shift in my own brain. I had to say, no, this is not going to work anymore. I've got to try something different to get me to a level where I, I thought I, I needed to get to. So sometimes a, a, an athlete has to hit the wall to know that they no longer can go down the same path because it's not giving them the results. Because if you're not winning a Stanley Cup, that's the marker, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you need to ask yourself. Well, if I didn't win the Stanley Cup this year, then what do I need to do different to get myself in a position to win? And I think more guys should self-assess maybe a little more honestly. Um, I think that's one thing that I did learn over the course of my career is really give myself feedback, uh, thinking of the ways I needed to improve. And, and I, I, I attacked it. I, I, didn't, I wasn't afraid of going after things that I, I was uh, not very good at and needed to improve upon. And so that's, I think that's the mark of somebody that can play a long time is somebody that does self-assess uh, appropriately and, and uh, they work at the things that they're not good at. And just from your 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 D-man perspective, Henry Thrun is getting another chance with the Sharks right now. Um, you know, previously when I had 
been to some of the Barracuda game. I'd seen more of his offensive game, playing the point on the power play, things of that nature. Um, but against Winnipeg, he was out there for some big kills and some big moments in that game on the defensive side of things. And I was, I was impressed. He had a couple of good closeouts and uh, it's funny. How do you talk to him? And that was, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this guy is uh, he's young. He just, he looks like a kid right out of college, but he's playing some, some, in my opinion, decent hockey. He is. I, I agree. I think he's grown a little bit playing with the Barracuda and getting some real quality minutes there and then being recalled now and, and really looking sharp. I, I think I liked his game here that the the last few that he's played and as you mentioned that Winnipeg game played a lot of heavy minutes he played some critical uh times during the course of that game killed some penalties as you talked about so I I like his progression I, I think he's going to continue to grow um I think the NHL is probably the best place for him to continue to grow although you know if he needs to get sent you know to the minors again and and for a little bit I think it as long as he looks at it as another way to grow and get better I think he's gonna, and he's a smart kid, right? I mean, he's a, you know, yeah. uh, you know, not being a sharp kid, and he is. So I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to improve. Hedy, I will let you go, uh, but I appreciate your time as always, man. And I will see you back here in San Jose soon. All right. We will see you soon. Thanks, Ted. Again, that was Brett Hedekin joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Now, one thing that will play in the Sharks' favor, even though it is against a very, very good opponent in the Avs, is the Avs played last night. They lost to the Jets by a final of 6-2. to two. Like you heard Hedy mention, Kale McCarr not in the lineup. We'll see whether or not he is going to be in the lineup for tonight's game. Uh, but the Avs, that's you know something to pay attention to. They're going to be on the second night of a back-to-back Currently, they are third in the Central. Uh, they are coming off uh, the one loss. They are 11-4-0 at home, so they've been very, very good up to this point of the year in their own building, and that will be a challenge for the Sharks. And the Sharks, after this game, they come home for two. They host L.A. on Tuesday night, and then they will host the Arizona Coyotes on uh, Thursday night before they go back out onto the road. They are going to be at Vancouver on Saturday night, and then they are going to be off for the 24th, the 25th, the 26th, the Christmas break. Um, then they are going to be at L.A. And then a quick back-to-back turnaround hosting the Oilers. And then they will finish off the month of December on a Sunday uh, taking on the Avs. And so the Sharks, uh, not much home in the month of December. Only four games as opposed to 10 on the road. So it will be interesting to see what their record over the month of December is overall when all is said and done. Like I said, Colorado, then home against L.A., home against Arizona, at Vancouver, Christmas break, back at it, uh, at L.A., hosting Edmonton, and then at the Avs to finish off the month of December. So you get through that stretch, then finally you get some home cooking. You're three home against Detroit, Winnipeg, and Toronto before you go back out onto the road for five It's Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Chicago. And then after that point, uh, you've got four out of six to end the month where you're at home, and then you head into the all-star break. So a lot of uh, opportunity coming up for the Sharks. Difficult schedule, no way around it. But the Sharks do have uh, the highest, or at least heading into the last game, had the highest wins against average in terms of the teams they beat. They were beating, on average, the best teams in the NHL or their overall combined win percentage was the best in the NHL. Now, of course, you can say, well, Ted, 
They're not getting many wins, so it's a relatively small sample size. Of course, of course, not going to deny that. But it does tell you that the Sharks do have the ability to beat any team on any given night. We are out of time. Be sure to join us at 4.30 this afternoon for pregame coverage. Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda on the call. And then game time, 5 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network as the Sharks take on the Avs in Colorado. I will see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app. Presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.